goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Have Tucker ready. Have Tucker ready because we're going to do it. Welcome, my friends. Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour on this Thursday, 800-848-WABC. Is the number to call in, 800-848-9222, if you would like to be part of today's program last night. Those people that were tooling around on Twitter were surprised to find Tucker Carlson there. And rather than do a long build-up to what Tucker Carlson said, We'll play Tucker Carlson. This is what he said in the video that he released last night. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon.
Well, that video is still being shared across social media platforms. Last night, I posted my own reaction video to it, and I also wrote an op-ed, which appears today in the Daily BS. You can find it at the Daily BS, my take on Tucker Carlson emerges as unwavering hero with profound rally cry for truth. I began by addressing my fellow Americans, saying that Tucker Carlson's first public statement after parting ways with Fox News is nothing short of profound. In less than five minutes, he identified the two driving forces behind America's political and moral decline. A political system that behaves like a one-party apparatus and the failed and corrupt legacy media institution that focuses on sensationalism. That sensationalism, which is dispensed 24 hours a day ceaselessly on television and on multiple media platforms, does not serve the people of this country very well. It doesn't serve the world well. There's no honest debate, as Tucker said. Instead, it offers daily. It offers us a variety of different targets, scoundrels, villains. And those people represent narratives. And that back and forth, highlighting these scoundrels, these villains, or these other targets, keep this nation divided along ideological and value-oriented fault lines. What Tucker laid bare is that transparent and honest debate has been suppressed. It has been censored by this corrupt alliance between the political and media infrastructure. Anybody, anybody, anybody who stands up against this unholy alliance will find themselves very often held up to ridicule and to being publicly smeared. And any of you who listened to Rush Limbaugh during the 30 years, 33 years he was on the air, know exactly what I'm talking about. If you look at the way that Tucker is being smeared and has been smeared, especially in the elite papers of this country, the New York Times, the Washington Post, you know exactly what I mean. If you look at the way that anybody who stood up to Dr. Fauci and who stood up to the nonsense that we were getting on a daily basis during the COVID pandemic, Look at the way they were treated. You know what I mean. People's reputations are dishonestly attacked, often by the very journalists who have been entrusted by our Constitution with the privilege, the gift of free speech. And they were granted that privilege in the hope that they would be the check and balance on the awesome and overwhelming power of government, be it local, state, or federal. 
You know, I just saw a video that I tweeted this afternoon. It was of a town meeting in Ohio. People got up and they started criticizing the mayor. And they were sent to jail for in a public meeting daring to criticize the mayor of the town, and it was concerning a murder investigation that they had been demanding information on and hadn't gotten it. Now, these were all white folks. Before you think, oh, here goes that BLM stuff again. No, it's not. See, this stuff is the power of government. And these people were thrown in, taken to jail, escorted out of the room to jail for daring criticize their elected officials. This is not America. This is the third world nation. This is not the America you knew. Now think about this. Recently we had reports from an IRS whistleblower that the Attorney General of the United States of America may have been unfairly suppressing an investigation into potentially criminal behavior by the President of the United States' son. That is powerful. The nation's chief law officer, the Attorney General, may have been involved in suppressing an investigation into Hunter Biden. That news went unreported in the majority of the legacy newspapers in this country and the television outlets, didn't even make national news. And as a result, Americans who depend on those outlets have no knowledge that that story took place or that that reality is taking place. That very same day, we learned the Secretary of State was involved in assembling members from the intelligence community, over 50 members of the intelligence community, to openly lie to the American people about so-called Russian disinformation, again involving Hunter Biden, the laptop. And that happened right before the elections in 2016. Again, that story that the Secretary of State, Blinken, was involved in this, unreported for the most part. Americans don't know that it happened. So Carlson calling out the lack of true debate in this country on the major issues of our time. He called them war, civil liberties, emergent science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. This is a clarion call for every single American who wants this country to return to be a nation that is the light of the world, the free world. This is a clarion call for you to get involved, to demand more from your media outlets and from the political class that you send to represent you whether it's in your city, whether it's in your state, or whether it is in Washington, D.C. One of this nation's leading newspapers recently reported, and you heard me talk about this, the plight of a 94-year-old woman. She had dementia. I failed to mention in my op-ed that she was also in hospice. Now, just picture that for a moment. You have a 94-year-old woman. 94. She's in hospice. She has dementia. And yet, the medical facility that she was at 
threw her out into the street because they rejected her government health insurance. That frighteningly immoral behavior is indicative of the major health care crisis that many of our nation's senior citizens face. And yet, yet, both political parties in Washington could give a damn. They don't discuss this. There's not going to be a hearing on this. There's not going to be a hearing on how many of you can't even work your way through Medicaid and Medicare. It's so complicated to get through the rules. It is ridiculously complicated. It takes you to sign on to these government programs to call a specialist to try to figure out the ins and outs. It's overly complicated just for you to see a doctor, just for you to get health care. Meanwhile, they tell you everything's fine with health care. Obama lied to you, told you the prices were going to go down, told you you'd keep your doctor, everything else. Right now, health care costs more than it ever did. You didn't keep your doctor. Fewer people have choices that they had. Fewer people like the plans that they have. It's more complicated than ever. And these jokers in Washington, D.C. could care less. They spend absolutely zero time working on that problem. There is no debate. These are the things that really do affect people's lives. Many of us are in total disbelief that this government, well, this is not the government. This is a private agency. The Federal Reserve is printing money like you would not believe. And it's not the first time. You heard, you remember the days of quantitative easing which many of us still don't understand. How do you just print money and give the money to banks so that they have a zero interest rate? How do you do that? They did it, and they do it. They're printing money even now. They printed tons of money to disperse during COVID. There is nothing backing the money. These dollar bills are printed with the full faith and credit of the United States but we are over 30 some odd trillion dollars in debt. What faith? What credit? After Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard, the United States of America has absolutely nothing, no collateral, except its ability to tax other citizens to back its money. And yet, do you see that having? Do you see that being debated in the halls of Washington D.C.? No, you don't. We get another one of these mindless, oh, let's argue about the debt ceiling stuff. And I congrats—I'm not mad at the Republicans for trying to contain spending in that, but that's not the real problem. Even with that debate, we're still going to be spending a trillion and a half more, even under the Republican plan, than we would do. To, where is this money coming from? We don't have this money. It's a lie. It is monopoly money. It's made up. But there is no debate about that. The lack of transparency, honest debate, surrounding so many of the aspects of the COVID pandemic, including where it started, to the lies that were told about the medical procedures, and they were told so that one party could gain political advantage and the lies that are continuing to be told about these vaccines. There's no debate in real Congress about that. Ron Johnson, Rand Paul are trying to bring it up, and once in a while they'll get a witness on the stand and they'll rip the witness to shred with the truth, but it goes absolutely nowhere. 
There is no national debate about these things, and people's freedoms were taken from them. There is a lack of honest debate about other matters of science, from biological issues, gender issues, to that train wreck that we saw again in Ohio. Remember this? The whole world's watching. The federal government comes in and brazenly lies to the people there in front of the world. Oh, you're not in danger. Meanwhile, their law, their water is polluted, contaminated, but they're being told, oh, everything's all right. And we still don't know the long-term implications of that. I'm going to take a break here. When we get back, there's more. Because what Tucker talked about last night is a very deep thing. It goes to the heart of who we are as a country. The fact that we are not debating the issues that affect people's lives on a daily basis in America. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sherilyn got to be real, and that's what we're doing, keeping it real. Here on WABC. Tucker Carlson kept it real last night. That video is amazing. If you haven't seen it, go take a look at it. We played it here. He is profoundly right, folks. Our legacy media system is totally corrupt and dishonest. It's broken. Same with our political class. They are corrupt, dishonest, and broken. Think about this. These very journalists that have called Tucker Carlson some evil person, a white supremacist, because supposedly he has talked about and promoted, they say, the great replacement theory. The idea that Republicans are worried that brown people, people of color, are going to be voted in office and white folks are going to be in the minority. These are the very same people that gloatingly for years, years, decades, gloated about the very same circumstance. They called it the browning of America. And I remember reading the articles. These people were giddy over the fact that white folks in America were going to be a minority. They kept changing the date. Oh, by 20 this, by 20 that. Well, we're here now. And so it's pushed out even further. But they were giddy. And they were reporting it giddily. Now you look at what's going on at the borders and you tell me, what is the reason that a country cannot defend its borders, where we have this year over 4 million illegal immigrants coming into the country unchecked. What is the reason that any administration would allow this to happen? No other country in the world is as poor when it comes to the maintenance of their borders as we are. It's funny, I was watching a documentary uh, last night about Tutankhamun, and uh, Tutankhamun, apparently back then, 
one of the issues that was surrounding Egypt either before Tutankhamun's lifetime or shortly after I have the time frame a little bit mixed up, but was the poorest borders of Egypt. And it was a mandate that the deity then, the head, the gov, the, hot, the head honcho, Tutankhamun, that they fi- fix the borders, stop this. This idea that nations protect their borders is nothing new. It has been in existence since there were borders. Since... Wasn't, wasn't he like 10 years old when he figured that out? Yeah, he was young. Like, really young. Didn't he die? At like... yeah, he he was died a teenager at 19, when I he think. died. Okay. Yeah. This is nothing new. This, did I, uh, the idea that nations, and think about the silliness of it, that we even have to sit here and argue is protecting the border something. We, of course it's something you do as a nation. It's your first mandate to secure the borders of your nation. And yet, Tucker's been called all sorts of horrible names because he's talked about this phenomena of the changing demographics and the fact that we cannot have an honest debate about it. In this country, we cannot... Remember Eric, remember Eric Holder standing up and wagging his finger at us and telling us we can't have an honest debate about race? Well, look at any, well, look what happens. He called Americans a bunch of cowards for refusing to talk about race. Well, look at what happens when anyone does stand up and talk honestly about race. When they talk about the disproportionate criminality among a class of citizens, especially in young men. Why, the first thing that comes out of people's mouths, racist. Never mind that the same thing is happening overseas, except it's not black kids. It's white kids over in England. It is a class and a socioeconomic phenomena. It is not a race-based phenomena. It's happening in Asia, among Asian kids of a certain generation, who are living through the same socioeconomic paradigm. But you can't have a discussion about that in America because you have all these race baiters and race hustlers who will shut you down, and the academia in this country is just as corrupt as the media and just as corrupt as, as the political classes. Tucker Carlson is profoundly right about these things, ladies and gentlemen. We are a nation with many millions, many, many millions of good people who bear no malice or ill toward their fellow citizens. America deserves a media and a political class that reflects our values. And Tucker Carlson has emerged as an unwavering, transparent hero for people who want that. Rush used to talk about his mission being the relentless pursuit of the truth. And I will say to you that that's what I believe Tucker is trying to pursue right now. Many of us await his return to America's airwaves in whatever form Tucker Carlson chooses to make it happen. 
James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rick James brings us back on WABC. Uses me, super freak. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? Let's go to Sal in Long Island. Welcome you on WABC. Before we do, very quickly, tomorrow is the opening day for the fer- opening evening for the Ferry Hawks. Okay, we have tickets. If you go to wabcradio.com slash Ferry Hawks, you can get two tickets, a pair of tickets. Head on out to the ball game tomorrow night. Ferry Hawks, opening night. I've been to the Ferry Hawks Den. Let me tell you, it's a very pleasant evening. And the view from there to New York is just astounding from the stadium. You'll want to take your camera with you, not only for the events of the evening, but also just for the scenery. It's gorgeous. WABCradio.com slash Ferry Hawks. Grab yourself two tickets and head out to see the Ferry Hawks opening night. Tomorrow night, we'll be broadcasting from there. So, when I say we, I mean the station. I don't mean me. (laughs) Sal in New York, welcome. How are you, Long Island? How are you, Sal? Hey, Bo, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Listen, uh, uh, U.S. government has been going after, after Tucker for a long time. If you remember Eric Swalwell in his show, when he was asked with the question, why should you have better protection than my wife at home? I don't know if you remember that. He of course I do. He had no answer for five seconds. He had no answer for five seconds. He did the same thing with Michael Avenatti, the creepy poor lawyer. He destroyed him. Now, my question to you is, can Tucker Carlson be the next Rush Limbo on the radio? No. And I think I have a spot for him. No. On 77W in the morning, uh, no. on the early morning show. You ask me a question, I'm giving you an answer. No, there will never be another Rush Limbaugh. That said, Tucker Carlson can be the first Tucker Carlson in whatever medium he chooses to be in. You mentioned one of the reasons why Tucker won't be the next Rush Limbaugh. Rush didn't have guests. He didn't talk to guests. Tucker is amazing with guests. They have two different skill sets that they employ because that's who they are. Rush was a unique person to himself. Didn't need guests, didn't need callers. He took calls. Rush could do a three-hour show, and he has done three-hour shows where he did not take one call and was not, and when the three hours was up, wasn't through. Could have gone on for another hour. He was an amazing broadcaster in his own treasure. 
he had his own treasure. He had his own way of knowing how to say things like nobody else. He had his own original thinking that he could apply to situations. He had a sense of humor that was uniquely his, sense of sarcasm, a sense of theater that was uniquely his. There will never be another Rush Limbaugh. That said, doesn't mean that Tucker cannot put together whatever he wants to do. He is very talented. If he wants to go in radio, he will be wildly successful. He may have the all-time leader. He may, he may be equipped to have more of an audience than anyone else has been able, able to attain. I don't know that. But he has his own set of gifts. He has his own treasure. And while he, he will never be another rush, he will be, as he is now, great at what he does if he chooses to do that. But Chuck Tucker has an amazing gift on television. And that is in itself a very, very difficult medium to master. Whatever Tucker Carlson wants to do, he will do well. Whether it's in radio, whether it's TV, whether it's doing uh, social media on some social media platform, whatever he chooses to do, he will have millions of people waiting for his return. And his audience will do nothing but grow from the moment that he starts again. He's immensely talented. So I hope he comes back to the nation's airwaves soon in some capacity. Don't know what. But in terms of anybody ever being the next Rush Limbaugh, throw that out your mind. It ain't going to happen. There's no, Rush was a one-off. He was Rush. Not going to be another one. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, Angelita, Long Island. Thank you for the call, Sal. Hi, Angelita. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And then good afternoon. I just wanted to say that as a viewer of Bill O'Reilly, The Factor, for many years, I've seen Tucker Carlson on that show and enjoyed him immensely. His insights were definitely remarkable. And I would say that I'm saddened here of his cancellation. However, I did hear on Sid this morning, Mr. O'Reilly speaking about the Time article and Fox News and their motives for firing him. And as a viewer, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I don't think there's any clear-cut answer, and I don't think that Tucker in his video really gave an answer as to why he was exactly canceled. It's not just his views, I'm sure, because many of the other um, right-wing or conservative uh, broadcasters, uh, uh, anchors, uh, I'm not losing my wording on that, but it's not just that. So the question really is that everyone needs to keep an open mind because no matter what, the truth is most important. And as a, an elect, a, a voter and as someone who's a conservative, I want to know, even when one of my own is fired, what really did happen? And you, you got to stay open-minded until you figure that out. Not that I have anything against Tucker, because when he comes back again, I'll still be there for him. But, you know, it's a little bit of a shock. And at the same time, okay, what really did happen here? What is this really about? Is it a monetary thing on Fox News? Is it that they, is it that from what I'm hearing from the morning news, uh, there was some impropriety with words and like what exactly happened? I don't know. I'm still searching for the truth. Isn't that what we're all doing? That's my well, comment. Well, I'm okay. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I'm not really searching for why he got fired. Doesn't matter why he got fired. He's not there. 
And and it's and you know what? And we may never know the real reason because the real reason is invested in the person that gave the order for, for for him to be fired. If that was Rupert Murdoch, if that was Lachlan Murdoch, I mean, he wouldn't have been fired without the permission of Rupert Murdoch or with or Lachlan. So they had to, they had to. Somebody in the hierarchy of Fox had to give the order, and it must have come from the owner. You don't do a move like that without. Now there are all kind of ancillary reasons. What was going on in Rupert's mind or Lachlan's mind? We don't know. And we may never know. Doesn't matter. He's not there. What we do know is that Tucker is immensely popular. And this has done nothing but heighten his own popularity. So wherever he turns up next, and we hope it's soon, he'll be popular. This is not going to hurt him. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Patrick in Indiana, how are you? Yes. I uh, agree with you on everything you said about the oppression that's taken place and that um, Hunter Biden and the Biden family can't be prosecuted because it comes from above. Uh, Biden, Joe Biden says no to all this, and he's uh, oppressing, and I still say that the only way to uh, stop this is to get rid of him by... uh, Impeachment for treason, but um, <sighs> like you, I'm not okay. sure that this will be done because our uh, injustice department and the FBI may not allow it to happen. It's not about that. First of all, the Justice Department has, doesn't have anything to do with impeachment. That's a congressional action as mandated by the Constitution of the United States. Articles of impeachment would have to be drawn up in the House and if successful, then they would have to be voted on in the Senate. And that's it. That's the process. Even if the House were stupid enough to take up articles of impeachment, stupid enough in an election year coming to take up articles of impeachment where they only hold the House by three or four seats, there would be a politically suicide, stupid move. But even if they did it, it would never pass the Senate. Hence, it would be a wasted effort. And I don't know how many times I have to say this. Impeachment will not happen. Those of you that pine away for Joe Biden to be impeached, you're on a, you li- go some, uh, no, I can't. I was about to suggest that you smoke something, but I can't do that. Or that you had been smoking something. It is not going to happen. Even the Republicans are not that stupid. And they're not. we got to take a break. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. More of your calls. Stay with us here on WABC. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Diego, make a mental note. Or put it in a special folder. It's going to have to be mental because I don't have a pen or paper anywhere around here. This song is going to become our Eric Swalwell update theme. Okay. 
of course, you know, some of you know why. Why? Why would I use this as the update theme for Eric Swalwell? Come on, Scott. Tell everybody. Did, why? You, did you hear the Marjorie Taylor Green? I heard it. It was okay. hysterical. Because uh, he, uh, he <clears throat> had relations with a Chinese spy. Fang Fang. Right. And that's why this will become our Eric Swalwell theme. And he doesn't like it. Another congressman brought it up after Marjorie Taylor Greene, except he called her Yum Yum. Can I just say that Fang Fang sounds like one of the pandas that you would see at a zoo? Yes, you can say that, Rich. How about Yum Yum? That too. I like that name a little better. That sounds like somebody I saw last Friday night on stage. Uh Uh-oh. I'm not going to ask you where you were, and I'm not going to ask you the circumstance. Mm Mm-hmm. What stage was that? Uh, Scott sent me one of the funniest stories, and of course, he actually, he got me this time. Usually, I can spot a satire story, but this shows you how good the satire was. I was like, please, oh, is this true? I, 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 it didn't, it occurred to me, this might be true. Here's the headline from the Babylon Bee. Chicago mayor warns that if local Walmart locations close, people will have fewer places to shoplift. That's the headline. Chicago mayor warns that if local Walmart locations close, people will have fewer places to shoplift. And the body of the story, after Walmart announced plans to close four locations in dangerous Chicago neighborhood, Chicago mayor-elect Brandon Johnson issued a dire warning that this will leave many Chicagoans with fewer places to shoplift. Quote, citizens of this great city have the fundamental right to steal merchandise in their own communities without resorting to traveling to other neighborhoods, said Johnson at a local protest against the store closings. If our youth don't have a safe place to work, shop, shoplift, loot, fight, do drugs, terrorize citizens, and smash windows, they may participate in riskier shoplifting, looting, and drug-consuming in affluent communities, where cops will actually bother to arrest them until my Soros-funded DA lets them back out onto the street. We can't let this happen. Again, satire. Ladies and gentlemen, but effective. Tricia in Trumbull, Connecticut. How are you, Tricia? Mr. Bo James, what would we do without your unique mix of commentary, news, and humor, and, and good music? Um, you Earlier today, you were talking about uh, printing money with, with no backup, and related to that is the Social Security using our taxpayer dollars to advertise repeatedly. I must hear it a dozen times a day on your very station, WABC, the commercial inviting people to apply for SSI benefits for extra income. And and this is, of course, taking money uh, out of what 
people like myself, retired, have put into Social Security and running the funds dry. So dry, Tricia, that we are facing by 2030 an $89 trillion, I believe. It's either 39 or 89. I know that's a big difference. I just have to go look at the numbers again. But it is a massive shortfall in entitlement spending, both with Social Security and Medicare, Medicaid. Massive. And we do not have the money to pay for these things. This is exactly what I'm saying, what you're saying, the idea that these programs are being looted under all. Look, Social Security disability was never meant to be in the mix. It was supposed to be supplemental income, not total income, but supplemental income for retirement years when it was first envisioned by the grandfather of modern socialism in America, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Of course, it has expanded. And now it's out of control. Thank you, Tricia. I do appreciate the call. TJ in Newburgh, you're up next. How are you? How are you, Bo? I uh, just wanted to say, you know, not happy to hear that Tucker uh, moved on, but the one thing that I cannot deal with, the one thing I refuse to deal with, is if I ever lose my Bo Snurdling. You are the most sensible man. I really, truly mean that, and I think all your listeners know that just, that uh, you're about as sensible as they come. Enjoy your show. The only thing you've ever said unreasonable that I've ever heard was about a year ago when you told me that Thin Mint cookies were better than Samoa Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if that's the only thing, I'll, I, I'm very pleased. Thank you so much. I do appreciate your call. Thank you for those very kind words. Don in New York, how are you? Don? I think this is John. Oh, this is John from Rutherford. John, how are you? Yeah, how are you doing? Uh, I, um, I, I, on the question about uh, with Tucker and the, um, God, I lost my thought here. Uh, with the, uh, oh, the, the border, secure the border. Why is it that they have to sign a bill to sit there, you know, appropriate money, the government, that is, you know, budget or illustrious legislators, have to appropriate money to, to, to countries that don't even like us to help them secure their borders. We don't sense? have to, but we do, and you raise a good point. And the reason that this has to originate in the House with the appropriations is because that is the constitutional mandate for the House of Representatives. All spending bills must originate in the House of Representatives. That didn't stop Obamacare, by the way. And John Roberts... Anyway, we got to go. I'm going to remind you, Saturday, Will Downing on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your family and loved ones. Thank you so much for being here. Love and gratitude to you. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, 4 o'clock. Bye. Bye.